Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Yes, good evening, folks. Welcome to Higher Ground, your late-night sports bar on Friday the 22nd of October. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night to get this. We've had a million, million nights just like this. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Yeah, come on up. Come on up and join us up here. Still a few uh, empty stools at the bar. Grab yourself yourself a drink if you want to and uh, join the conversation. Uh, If you do fancy a natter, there is space uh, on the... On the open line right now, that number, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, 1170 Or you can drop me a text, maybe spark some of our talk topics tonight. Um, here's your chance to set the agenda. That text number, 0457 736 736. Well, my goodness, plenty for us to chat about tonight, isn't there? We'll get um, these big screens fired up too for you here in a moment in this uh, the sports bar. Um, we've got a final game in the prelim rounds of the T20 World Cup tonight. Uh, That's about 9 o'clock, I think, so we'll make sure these monitors in here are working for you all. Um, I think it starts about 9. Yeah, it's it's Ireland playing Namibia for a place in the Super 12 stage. So the winner goes through. Both, they got thumped by Sri Lanka, didn't they? But then they beat, uh, both beat Netherlands. So it's all or nothing for them tonight. Uh, Darren Berry will join us a bit later too uh, to talk about Australia's plans and preparations ahead of our First game uh, tomorrow night uh, against South Africa. How do you think we'll go? Never won a T20 World Cup. Um, heavy loss, wasn't it? A couple of nights ago to India. How much do we read into that? David Warner, desperately out of form. But I guess on the flip side, Glenn Maxwell uh, and Mitch Marsh, they're both in form. And what about our bowling attack? I mean, which which quicks do we leave out of the first game? You've got Stark, Cummins, Hazelwood and Kane Richardson as well. Um, we have to go with a couple of spinners. Uh, the UAE pitchers surely will, will favour spin bowling. Uh, so then you've got the likes of Zampa, Ashton Agar and, and Schwepson as well. Um, let us know what you think there. No turning back. Uh, it's Dolphins and that is it. If you don't like the name the Dolphins, the NRL's newest team, we'll go and talk to Flipper because they won't be budging or bowing to pressure to add uh, the Moreton Bay region to their name. They're an ambitious lot and aiming for what they say is national appeal. I see in the papers today, the Moreton Bay Council not happy. It clearly wants its region heavily publicised and um, I think tipped in a fair bit of coin too uh, into the bid process. The boss of the Redcliffe-based club says, well, if the council wants out, that's perfectly fine by us. Um, It seems they've got enough sponsors and and cash flow, uh, people knocking on the door. Um, to top up their coffers. Mitchell Pearce, I see, is being targeted by Super League club Catalan Dragons. Reports of a three-year deal worth 600 k a year. He's still got a year to run on his deal with Newcastle. He'd have to get out of, out of that first, but I reckon if he can, at 32 years of age, I don't know about you, I'd be biting their hand off uh, the French club. 1.8 million reasons to go and live in the south of France for a few years. Merci beaucoup. That's thanks very much. What, what about you? You with me on that one? Or do you think Mitchell Pearce should uh, stick it out for a, another 
two or three years in the NRL? Let me know. That text number, 0457 736 736. Now, what about this? For all you swimmers out there, and for all you ocean swimmers out there, and for all you ocean swimmers out there who might be a little afraid of, shall we say, uh, the big fish, you know, with the big fin, there's a fellow by the name of Lockie Bruce who is going to dive in at Palm Beach early tomorrow morning at about the crack of dawn and swim about 25 kilometres south to Manly. Now, let me paint this picture to you another way. Forget, forget the big fish in those fins, although I think there was one sighted today on the northern beaches, but let's not tell him about that. Let's talk about the distance. It's not like you're at your local pool and when you get a bit puffed, you can just you know stand up at the other end and, and get your, your breath back and go again. Well, none of that, no. For those of you who uh, don't do much distance swimming, I'm talking to the likes of Toolman, Reptile, uh, or Bondi Jack does do a bit of swimming, you swim 20 laps in an Olympic pool, that's 1K, right? So this will be like doing 500 laps non-stop of an Olympic pool. Throw in some waves, possible headwinds, and the fish. And Lockie is going to join us for a chat shortly. Wow, I cannot believe it. He's doing it to raise awareness and funds for men's mental health charity, Gotcha for Life. You probably know it was founded by Gus Warland. And uh, Gus is also going to jump on the line for a chat. It's a really important topic, and I look forward to the conversation. I think we can all probably learn um, a thing or two more about mental health or, or mental fitness, as, as they call it. Uh, we're also going to preview the Matildas two-game series against Brazil. Their first match is tomorrow night at Bankwest. Sorry, not Bankwest. Uh, Combank Stadium, Parramatta. It's going to be hard to get out of that habit, isn't it? I'll be chatting to football journo uh, Michelle Escobar about the Matildas' chances, and I guess also the difficulty of uh, the, you know, the current climate around uh, women's football um, and the national setup. As you know, the investigation into allegations of abuse and grooming, it, it really it has to have been a distraction, but something that needs to be addressed and, and not sweat, swept under the rug. Um, it will be good to talk about women's football, uh, though, and hopefully uh, we'll be talking about a big performance against Brazil and... Um, will shine the light on on the abundance of talent that we do have in w- women's football. So lots for us to talk about. As always, please get involved with the show. Uh, there will be space on the open line, one 1170 or if you want to join the conversation via text, you can. That number again, 0457 736 736. Well, great to have your company. Uh, Seven past seven, and we're here for the next three hours. So it makes a bit of a difference, doesn't it? They've sort of bumped us up the um, bumped us up the schedule a little bit because we're normally here till midnight, and you know, and there's only a couple of couple of our loyal listeners still still tuning in. Um, so they've brought us almost into to prime time, which is bloody beautiful. Good to be here. And you guys are up there. They're happy. They're in a good mood. They're in a good mood. Have we got 100% capacity now? There's 20 up there. Every seat full. Fully vaxxed. There's still a couple of stools here at the bar. Um, come and pull up a stool. Um, if you fancy a drink, uh, you're pouring the drinks tonight over there. Mad Russian, he'll do the 
He thinks he's a bit of a Tom Cruise. He won't be whipping up the cocktails, though. That was just a Bundy, a little Bundy there. But do drink responsibly. And uh, please, if you if you did come here uh, tonight and you're driving in, we'll just uh, just have a soft drink. Hutchie has again come, uh, come up with the goods. Uh, so thanks to him. Uh, again, two vouchers up there. Two vouchers each, no more. And uh, they can be for any beverage um, of your choice. We again put in a, 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 a well a request to Hutchie that maybe we could get get some pizzas delivered, but uh, but oh. don't yeah don't start booing me about it. But I I I did ask at least I did ask for the pizzas, but uh, he said things are a little bit uh, a little bit tight at the moment. Mm. All right, so uh, we might try and we might try and get some. We can do that if we can call ourselves. Yeah, have yeah. we got a budget? Only the budget we give ourselves. We might have to have a pun on the manicado tonight and see if that. Manicados at quarter past eight. They're going to want to eat before then. Um, let me think here. We can just ring it up and just put it on, put it on someone's account. <laughs> Vossi's show would have, have, have a that, budget. How many times? Matt White's show would have a budget. Jimmy Smith's show would have a budget, wouldn't it? Like an entertainment, a slush fund. Don't they have budgets? <laughs> I don't think there is a slight. Yes, like, you know, let's say Vossie's lining up someone, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say Vossie's having a chat to whoever. Who did he had a couple of guests? Who did he Brett have? Lee today. Okay, that's it. Binger. Right, so let we might even hear we'll that later on. Later. Yeah, if, yeah. if we've got time, we'll play that. So let's say uh, Vossie is lining up a big interview, right? And you can't, I mean, you can't just dive into an interview without being prepped and researched. So he might go out for lunch with Binger. Uh, and talk about how the interview might go, all that. So, well, that gets paid for by the company, surely. There's a, a Vossi slush fund, and each program would have it. Every program would have it, I would have thought. We haven't got one. <laughs> Not in this station. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, we, what about some peanuts or something? Uh, we can do that. Or some CC, some chips. I don't chips, know how old they are, but I'll twisties, get them out of that get something up there Because you there. can't have a... Bundies and, and just have nothing in your belly. Anyway, look, we've got loads to get through. We'll be talking cricket a bit later on with Darren Berry. Um, we've got the final qualifiers tonight for yes. for the World Cup T20. Okay, I'm going to put my hand up, right? And when I am wrong or when I don't know something, I have to stick my hand up. I'm not going to try and, you know, lie. Mm. We've got Ireland tonight and Namibia. Yes. The winner of that goes in, right? They go into Super 12s. Yes, that's correct. Is that the final qualifying game, or is it? There's another one in the morning. So there's it's one Sri- more. Sri Lanka's still going to play. Sri Lanka are playing the Netherlands. Well, they'll pump them in the morning. Yes. So, so they're Sri- in. Yeah, Sri Lanka already. Threw. Which is why why they're playing it. Well, to figure out which group teams go into, oh, no. because we're getting Group A, the first team from Group A, and the second team from Group B, who happen to be Bangladesh because they lost to Scotland. So we're getting Sri Lanka and oh, Bangladesh into our group. They beat the us recently, didn't they, Bangladesh? They did, over in Bangladesh. So Great. they're not going to be any walkovers. And uh, it looks as though Scotland and Ireland will be going into India's group. So, uh, Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, can we can we change groups? Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. That's our text line. Uh, if you want to get involved uh, in touch with us here, and um, I was talking about Mitchell Pearce there. So I read in the Daily Telegraph today, uh, one point eight over three years. They're tra- chasing Catalan Dragons basically um, to replace Jimmy Maloney. Um, Fair price. Well, I'm, what I said earlier, I, I stand by that. You might have thoughts on this at home or wherever you're listening. 
if Mitchell Pierce is offered 1.8 large ones, mm. right, he should bite their arm off and go and live in the south of France, go down to Biarritz, uh, that's into Spain, right, um, eat paella, eat uh, cassoulet in the south of France, mm. enjoy the next three years and bank 1.8 mil. I'm sure he can afford some champagne, proper champagne. I would be doing it. He's 32 or 33. He's got to get out of his contract at Newcastle. And as I read today, they'll they'll consider letting him out. I'm not sure what he's on there, actually. Depends what chings he's on there. They'll consider letting him out if they can find a suitable um, number seven replacement. But for me, well, if it was me, I'd be going. I'd be going tomorrow. I'd already be there. Uh, there's no te- no number on uh, this text here. Uh, Mitchell Pearce, easily worth 600k a year at Newcastle. Uh, they'd be crazy not to re-sign him for another year after next year. And he could play Super League until he's 50. <laughs> I don't know about that. But uh, there's obviously a, a big Mitchell Pearce fan there. If you um, hear Finchie talk about his time in the UK, it doesn't sound like he was at his peak fitness while he was over there. Finchie could still, still play in the well. Super League. Yeah, yeah. Finchie could probably still play. <laughs> catch and pass. Uh, yeah, catch and pass. Catch and pass. Um, let me know your thoughts. What do you think? Mitchell Pierce? I'm not sure what he's on up there at the moment. Mm. Now, Wayne Bennett, uh, we've spoken about that. So that's, uh, well, I guess it's almost yesterday's news that he's all done and dusted. We knew it was going to happen. It just probably took a little bit longer. And I think I know why it took uh, a little bit longer. <laughs> The language of love. So he's come up with his deal. Four years. Four years. So the first year is basically um, putting together 30 players mm. into a squad. Oh, that, uh, no. Not a bad gig. No. And then uh, three years uh, coaching. Okay. Here's a question for you off the top of, the cu- top of my head here. Does Wayne Bennett see out the four-year term? Does Wayne Bennett... Coach the team for three years. What do you think? Or not? My crystal ball says not. You reckon not? Is it no. Because of performance or just because you give it up? Uh, there'll be a payout. So my crystal ball is telling me there's going to be a payout. Something's going to happen. I don't see him seeing at the four years. All right. I just think I... Of his own accord? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, there's going to be a little bit of political drama. I'm not sure. Mm. So, oh, 71 now? Mm. It'll be 75. 75. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, my crystal ball is telling me that Wayne won't be there for the full duration of the four years. I think Wayne's one of those people who'll work until he's like maybe not as a, a head coach, but. No, I'm, I'm saying as, as head in head coach. Now, he might still be there and and move sideways and bring someone else through. I think someone else will have the chalkboard in 25. Because he's got this coming year. Then he's got 2023, he's got chalkboard, uh, clipboard. 24, he's got clipboard. 25, he's got clipboard. I don't think he's got clipboard in 25. I think clipboard's handed to someone younger. Okay. Yeah. What's success for the Dolphins in their first season? What's success for an expansion club? Gold Coast Titans made... The finals in their first year, scraped in. Oh, and they're going to win two premierships in the next 10 years. Nine years. Mm. That didn't quite occur. How many? No, that's what they've said. They said that a couple of days ago. They're going to, they think they can win two premierships, the Titans, in the next nine years. Can you remember how many your Western Reds 
won in their first year? Oh, games? Mm. What was you talking about? Oh, uh, I've just got it up in front of me. There were 20 teams in the competition. There were. Oh, mate. Um, how many rounds were there? 20, 22 games. 22? 22 rounds. 22 rounds, right? Is that 22 games? Yeah, well, yeah, there yeah. were no buys. I reckon they might have won eight. Won 11. 11, there when you go. 11 and 11. Oh, well, you make the finals then. Well, there you go. These days, well, if you that's... win as many as you lose, you, you're into the finals. Especially with the calibre of player. Didn't we have three teams in the top eight this year that lost more games than they'd won? Ooh. I reckon we did. Yeah. Or a couple. So, so more the... than a Western a Reds, yeah. yeah. Um, well, your question then, and I didn't ignore you. I heard your question. Mm-hmm. What is success for... The Dolphins in 2023. I don't know. Ask our listeners. What is success in 2023? What I mean, they've got 10 million or thereabouts to spend. Mm. A whole new squad. Best coach in the world. Uh, year one will be you know, a lot of fanfare and adrenaline and you know, all the feel-good factor around the club. Oh, I reckon. I reckon they'll be just maybe just outside the eight maybe yeah. even. It depends who they sign. I don't know. That's right. You might have some thoughts on that. What will success be in year one um, for the, uh, well, the Dolphins? The Dolphins. I can't call them anything else. Morton Bay Dolphins? <laughs> no. Sunshine Coast Dolphins? No. North Brisbane Dolphins? No. Uh, just Dolphins. I haven't got a problem with it. I love Dolphins. Everyone loves Dolphins. Um and I'll be talking to a bloke um, in about a quarter of an hour from now, or, or even less, who who loves dolphins and might be swimming with dolphins tomorrow. Um, he doesn't want to be swimming with other big fish, I can tell you. Uh, but that's a story. For, I don't even think I'll bring that up mm. with our marathon swimmer, Lockie. He's going to join us shortly. I'm looking forward to that. Did I tell you what happened to me today? Uh, ordering coffee? Yes. That story? At the at the Surf mm. Life Saving Club. Tough life you've got, Chris. And... Um, the lifeguard was there and he had his walkie-talkie on, mm. on loudspeaker while he was ordering coffee. Mm. Call came through, North Narrabeen, North Mar- Narrabeen to all beaches, over, come in, come in, North Narrabeen. Confirmation, three plus metre shark spotted heading oh. your way north from North Narrabeen. But do you think they're always over. there and we just don't Roger hear that, about North it? Narrabeen, sorry. Do you think they're always there and we just don't hear about it? Of course they're there, they live there. Well, <laughs> I mean, but close, close enough that... The helicopters up there sending back oh, warnings. Well, I don't know. Yeah, well, to the and then I heard. I, well, that yeah, and then I heard uh, North Narrabeen. I think it was saying we have about fifty swimmers in the uh, in the water, and then his walkie-talkie went, and that was it. End of the conversation. So I don't know how that <laughs> like story a scene ended. From Jaws. <laughs> oh, I don't know how the story ended. Oh, dear. Could have been a sea of blood. Oh, sea of Red Sea. I, I think we would have heard a bit more about it. Been to the Red Sea, by the way. Did my diving course in the Red Sea. Well, that, that is a very <laughs> exuberant um, segue um, there. Segway. Did my um, diving course in the Red Sea. We're talking reckon. about Malmo on Wednesday No, this was well. Egypt. Oh. I've done some travelling, haven't Chris's I? Tra- that should be a new segment. We'll do Chris's anyway, uh, we'll talk to Lockie, Lockie Bruce and uh, also Gus Warland. Um, they'll, they'll join us shortly. Hey, just before we do uh, head to the break, what do you make of the, the mandatory vaccinations for the AFL? Yes or no? Good thing, bad thing? Tell me. What do you think? I'm on the fence. Okay. I'm, well, you get can... splinters in your, yeah. in your um, 
butt cheeks. Yeah. I like it. You like it? I yeah. love it. Okay. You've got an employer mm. putting a line in the sand. You want a job here. These are the rules. Yeah. Boys and girls, you don't like them, fine. We got four. They're, they're, go and play another game. Mm. Too hard line. Um, NRL will not go down the same path. So I'm just wondering, the AFL Players Association, did they, were they behind that? They must have said to the governing body, yeah, look, we'll back you and mm. we'll go down that path. I don't know if the NRL or ARL Commission has um, had problems with the Rugby League Players mm. Association. Well, the Broncos at the moment are the lowest vaccinated club, but that makes sense being up in Queensland. So I'm not going to pin yeah. that on them. Patrick Dangerfield's the president of the AFLPA, so he's still an active. He's still playing with Geelong yes. as well, and has been quite active in the pro vaccination camp, which is great. It's good to have a sportsman of that mm. um, magnitude pushing that message and making sure people I do like go it. out and get vaccinated. And that's probably, you're probably right, Chris, that probably has had a big effect on that. It was very interesting listening to Alex Brosk talk about it last night mm. on the global game. And the fact the APL, the A-Leagues are going to have issues because there are a lot of players across the league mm. who are not going to be vaccinated. And why? I, I agree that players who aren't vaccinated shouldn't be allowed to play at the start while the max vaccine mandates are how they are. And, People that aren't vaccinated at the moment don't have their freedoms. My question is when we get to 90%, what what do we start to do? Because I don't think we're going to leave vaccinated people out of public life forever, uh, unvaccinated people out of public life forever. So it's yeah. a, a bigger question than that. I, you know, I wonder I how many. Pro I wonder how many anti vaxxers uh, change their mind when yes. it's uh, going to cost them $800,000 a year. Mm. Yeah. It's the hip pocket as well. And obviously you want to go out, you know, scenes in Melbourne at the moment and Sydney, you're going out to the pub, you know, just go and get vaccinated. That, you know, that's my message at the end of the day. Just go and get vaccinated. Makes your life easier. Yeah. Makes everyone else around And I don't want to have a chat tonight about, you know, anti-vaxxers calling well, in and all is, that sort of stuff. No. But I just think when, when you're a professional sportsman mm. earning such a big mm. coin, um, I think that the governing body does have the right, I, I believe, yeah. to say oh, uh, no jab, no play. Mm. But Andrew Abno is not of the same opinion. Mm. Uh, they will not be doing that. They will not be doing that, the NRL. And um, Andrew Abdo, he's explained why. We're not taking an approach of making this mandatory. However, clearly, we need to make sure that we have continuity of the competition. We're creating a safe work environment. And so we are busy working on the protocols for the players that are vaccinated and a different set of protocols for the players that are not vaccinated. And hopefully we're talking about a very, very small group of players um, that choose not to get vaccinated. They will have, uh, I would imagine, some pretty rigorous requirements around uh, what they will be able to do in order to train and play. Mm. All right. Well, um, and I don't want to turn tonight's uh, show into, you know, it's a conversation. Vax or no vax. Well, it's, it's a conversation, a conversation yeah, we're okay, going to have to have. Well, let's have it then. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Um, we can talk about Or if you want to drop us a text, let us know your thoughts. 0457 736 736. Does the AFL have the right to tell its players no jab, no play? Well, they do. They must do mm. because they have. Can the NRL do the same thing? Should the NRL do the same thing? Just one of the things we can talk about over the next couple of hours here on Higher Ground. 
Yes, it is coming up to half past seven. We're here until 10 o'clock. So we'll be taking your calls, 1300 01 1170, or we're taking your text messages as well. You can uh, get involved. Join the conversation, 0457 736 736. Vax or no vax, you might want to talk about that. You might want to talk about uh, Mitchell Pearce. Should he go to the south of France? You might want to talk about Wayne Bennett. Will he see out the four years up there? Uh, we'll talk about anything, and it doesn't have to be about sport. Um, whatever you want, throw it at, at us. Um, there's the mad Russian in here. He's 23. He's very, very knowledgeable for a man uh, of his age. And then there's me. Um, also very knowledgeable for a man of your age, Chris. Thank you. Uh, on the line, uh, Chris, another Chris. Chris from Freshwater. G'day, Chris. How are you, bud? Yeah, good. G'day, boys. How are you going? Good. What do you want to talk about? Mate, I want to talk about the COVID vaccines you guys were just mentioning. Mm. Yeah, so I think the rugby league has a bit of an issue there because a lot of the players in the rugby league, they're from Pacific Island descent and Mm. they're sort of against it. I think it's a pretty good move from Andrew Abdo Abdo to not Mm. come down too hard on it because the ASL are different. They've they've been in the most lockdown city of all, Victoria. Mm-hmm. Whereas in New South Wales and Queensland, we haven't had the same sort of... New South Wales would be different. But in Queensland, they've had it easy up there. You add that into hesitancy against the vaccine, I think we're in a bit of strife, actually, boys. You make a good point. Thanks, mate, for your call. Chris uh, there from Freshwater. He makes a really good... I I hadn't thought about that, to be Mm -hmm. honest with you. More um, the Polynesian... um, ...discussion. I I haven't thought about that, but we have got... I don't know what the percentage is of NRL players now. Beyond the Polynesian discussion, the the religious discussion, well, no, because the, the, a lot of the conscientious objectors, anti-vaxxers, um, just call them anti-vaxxers. Are, anti-vaxxers, are, you know, it's due to their faith. Well, no, I know that's what I'm saying, but a that, lot that, of different yeah, stuff. Yes, so a lot of the though, mm. the Polynesian um, and their religions uh, are hand in hand. A lot yeah. of them. That's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. So, I haven't really thought about that. So it's a very different landscape. Mm. Um, given the number of Polynesians playing NRL as mm. compared to not so really in the AFL to the same agree. So it's a, yes, it's, it's another thing to take on board. And I'm sure um, Andrew Abdo and those around him uh, will, will have been thinking ab- about all that. Um, Higher Ground, our, our Friday night edition of Higher Ground. Uh, we'll be talking a bit of cricket later on with uh, Darren Berry. We'll be talking um, a bit of soccer as well. Uh, we've got the Matildas in action um, tomorrow, and they're also playing on Tuesday. Uh, we're going to talk to a, a young journo um, on the rise too. Lovely girl, Michelle Escobar. Do like the surname, by the mm. way. Um, we'll talk to her a bit later on as well. But rugby league, we can talk about anything. And uh, after the break, we're going to – well, it's not really about swimming as such, but I'd like us to um, to talk about mental fitness um, and a charity that has been formed a few years ago now and doing some really, really good work is Gotcha for Life. You may well know about Gotcha for Life. If you don't, well, now you do, and, and that's a good thing. Gus Warland was, uh, well, I believe, the, the founder of Gotcha for Life. Um, and left his you know, his gig on Triple M and the Grill team to to, um, to put his energy into this for other people, really. Now, I bumped into, uh, well, I was at physio during the week, and uh, my physio uh, was saying, well, Lockie, who works here too, he is going to swim from uh, Palm Beach to Manly. I said, you're kidding me. No. I said, well, I need to talk to this guy. Lockie Bruce, he's going to jump in at Palm Beach tomorrow 
and swim 25K, the equivalent of 500 laps. The difference being there'll be a bit of wind, there'll be a few waves, and there might be some fins. We'll talk to him next. And great to have your company coming up to 25 minutes to 8 o'clock. We're here until 10. Keep those text messages coming through as well. 0457 736 736. We're talking about no jab, no play. And this one from Damo. Uh, he says, I have two points. If we have to be jabbed to go and watch the game of rugby league at the stadium, I would expect that players I'm watching should also be jabbed. And as for Wayne Bennett, what will success look like at the Dolphins? He will judge success by being in front of my beloved Broncos by the end of the year in 2023. Uh, Thanks, Damo, for that text. All right. Well, I, I did say we're going to talk um, to a couple of fellas here who are both doing a wonderful job. Uh, one, you will know this man, um, Gus Warland. The other, you probably won't know. His name is Lockie Bruce. Now, Lockie, tomorrow morning, is diving in at Palm Beach and he's swimming 25K. Yep. About 500 laps, nonstop. Okay, and there's other issues to deal with out there in the big blue as well. And Gussie Wallen, well, a few years ago, and he'll tell me exactly when it was, he set up Gotcha for Life, a men's mental fitness. Lockie and Gus, thanks for joining us. How are you both? Yeah, pleasure, brother. Thanks for having us on. Well, Lockie. Lockie, Lockie, I'm going to talk to you in a moment, Lockie, about this, and some would say you're crazy. Um, others would say you're also crazy. I, I think it's an amazing thing you're about to do. I'll talk to you in a moment about that. Gussie, thanks for your time, mate. Um, uh, and we've spoken before on this on this station. A- again, I just want you to um, tell our listeners a little bit about Gotcha for Life and and how it was formed and why uh, why you've got such a big part and and so so such so involved in it rather. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great. Thanks. Mate, looking forward to hearing from Lockie. Yeah, Gotcha for Life started off the back of a TV program I did called Gotcha for Life on the ABC a few years ago. It's still available on iView if your listeners would like to stream it. And it really was a me challenging masculinity in this country and why we lose so many blokes every day to suicide. And off the back of that, I was still on a, another radio station doing brekkie at the time. And I went, you know what, I've got a wonderful soapbox to keep going with this. So I started Gotcha for Life and it really is all about building mental fitness. It's all about giving people the words to have that conversation of gravity outside of banter because we're so happy just chatting in banter and that's where we mm. should be happy, you know, 90% of the time. But we need to leave a little piece of ourselves, Chris, that we can have that conversation with the right person at the right time so we don't worry alone. I'd lost a friend of mine, so Gotcha Flight was started up and, you know, in the last four years we've been able to um, give away six and a half million dollars to people that work in suicide prevention. So wow. I'm very proud of it, and it's what you know I'm focused on for the rest of my life. The stats in 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 male suicide and young men not good, huh? No, we lose seven blokes a day every day to suicide. It's the number one way to die if you're an Australian male, aged between 15 and 44. And we lose two beautiful ladies as well. And on top of that, Chris, we have 65,000 people attempt suicide a year, which is one every 28 seconds. So uh, you can do the math. The, the, the awareness is out there. What we need to work on now is the action that goes behind the awareness. And that's what is so good about Lockie is that, you know, he's had his own heartache and he's gone, you know what, I'm getting off my ass and having a crack mm. and I'm actually going to go and raise some money for Gotcha for Life. And I'm very, very thankful. And I'll be there amongst lots of his mates tomorrow at one o'clock when he eventually arrives at Manly. Wow. 
it's 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 uplifting. This fellas, it's it's inspiring. And and Lockie, I'll talk about the swim in a moment. But I I just read a post from you um, last night, in fact, on Instagram, and um, I'll just read some of this to to our listeners. Um, you know, uh, you've gone on to say that, um, you know, you want to promote the idea that you do matter and, and you've seen yourself, family and your, your closest friends suffer mentally, but we all hid it from each other. And this is you speaking. I didn't know the signs of depression and anxiety until I finally realised how lucky we are to be alive. I'm grateful I've been able to change my perspective on life and now I want to help others achieve the same thing. I want the men who are struggling to know that they are important and that they can enjoy a life that doesn't involve beating yourself up uh, daily. And uh, you're doing a really big thing tomorrow, mate. So uh, it's obviously very important to you. Yeah, it is. It's um, it's something that's been pretty close to my heart. I didn't really realise it until, you know, maybe a year and a half, two years ago, to be honest. You're just kind of stuck in limbo going through the motions. And then I just, I kind of noticed some things. I started noticing that I was in a really, really bad headspace and um, I started talking to some friends about it and I've been, I've been there, I've seen, I've been there when friends have, and, and family members have been at the absolute, you know, mm. breaking edge um, and it's been absolutely horrible. So for me, for me, this is something that I can just, you know, all it is is just promoting a little bit of awareness and all that, all it is is talking. Yeah, don't, um, yeah, yeah. And it's, 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 it's something that you just go, how how can be like the set the seventy five percent of suicides are from males in Australia like that's mm. that's massive, and and as Gus said it's one of the the leading causes of death in our youngest population and if you look at that technically those are our most beautiful years of our life. Mm. Yeah, and you're only a young man yourself, Lockie. How old are you? I'm twenty five years old. Well, wow, 25. And Gus, so I mean, that, that, that's the very point of this. We're talking about this now, and, and you're right. And we're, we're often too proud, aren't we, us, us big macho fellas, to have the conversation? <laughs> exactly. I, we've been brought up all our lives. You know, I'm 53 now. I know, Chris, you're a bit younger than me. But basically, at the end of the day, we've been taught, told to man up and shut up. And that's just the way it is. Take a spoonful of cement and harden it, you know what, up. Mm. Well, we're telling you now that if you want to keep going down that road, then we're going to continue to get the same result, which is the seven blokes a day, two ladies, and one every 28 seconds attempting. So those stats are horrific. So we need to do something different. And the only way to do something is different is to, to action a change, and that's why it's man up and speak up time. And, you know, what uh, Lockie's doing mm. tomorrow will raise awareness, but also, you know, funds to be able to put every $40 that Lockie raises tomorrow will go to someone else sitting down in one of our workshops and getting the the mental fitness that they need to be able to get through whatever battles throws at them. So that's why I love Lockie so much for the fact that he's he's not only worked out the issue, but he's actually decided to do something about it. And it's a huge thing out in the open water, you know, and he's he's just going to be out there from six o'clock to one o'clock. It's amazing what he's doing. And uh, I love you for it, Lockie. Thank you so much, brother. It's brilliant. Thanks, it's absolutely brilliant, Lockie. Now, let's talk about this swim, Gussie. And, and I'm, I'll, I'll, don't you go anywhere, Gus. I still want to talk to you, obviously. Um, <laughs> take us through your background, Lockie. Uh, you're obviously a very good swimmer. Uh, what's the longest distance that you've done? Keep in mind, this is 25K. Yes. Um, so I've come from a somewhat uh, swimming background. I used to Dad got me in the pool very, very young, um, and I've always swum my entire life. I've always done surf life-saving. The furthest I've actually swam um, is probably 15K straight. Mm. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, 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 a very, it's, it's a very 
tricky thing. I used to just do really short distance swimming. Um, but the more I've started to train for this, the more I've started to, you know, I started to notice that this is also me dealing with me. So you kind of, it's kind mm. of cool. You end up in this rhythm. It takes a while. It takes, you know, two and a half, three hours to get into the rhythm. And then <laughs> you, just, you just let your body do what it does. It's, mm. um, it's, pretty, it's pretty surreal, actually. I, I do a bit of ocean swimming myself, and I know exactly what you're saying. Uh, not to that extent, but you do get into this sort of—I don't know—it is surreal. You get in, you do get into a rhythm. You almost lose yourself, don't you? If, but I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you travel at a lot greater speed than I do. So I was trying—I was trying to work out, and and even more, and even faster than Gus. I was trying to work out exactly what your splits would sort of be because I was telling my mates down at my local beach cafe about you and what you're going to do tomorrow and and we're at Bilgola so I was trying to work out when you would be swimming past if you left at 6am at Palm Beach and I started doing the the computations in my head and and it got a bit too hard for me but you must be doing you must be doing splits at about what 14 15 minute or um for for a k I mean yeah so I've I've Usually, if we're in the pool, you're kind of doing hundreds on the one minute ten, one minute um, fifteen wow. pace. I've 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 decided to push that out because obviously, uh, you don't know what's gonna you don't know what the elements are gonna do. You don't know what the ocean's gonna do, mm. and you've also got to be able to hold that the entire uh, the entire time. So I'm aiming for fifteen minute k's, which is one thirty pace per hundred. So that's four minute, but four k's an hour. That should get me around wow. the six to six and a half hour mark. I've also got to take in um, consideration when I'm taking drinks, uh, mm. when I'm taking food, um, supplements, and those kinds of things. Fingers crossed. I, I was, last week I was a bit, I was stressing a little bit, worrying that um, the conditions aren't going to be great, but they're they're going to be perfect for tomorrow. Mm. Um, so I'm hoping that they will help speed me up. I've also got a lot of a lot of family and friends who are going to be there, who are going to, you know, they get, I've got people coming out and in. Um, and I, they're kind of at the points where I know that I'd be struggling. Yeah. Um, so it's particularly off like Narrabeen where it's, I'm going to be very, very far out to see. Well, okay, let's let's talk about the elephant in the room because you just mentioned Narrabeen and um, <laughs> you know where I'm going, don't you, Lockie? I, I heard a report. I do. To- I do. I've, I've, had, I've had to push myself, push these thoughts away, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty good with them now. I'm pretty good with them. Seriously? I mean, do you, do you yeah. not worry about the, the Noahs? Um, originally when I, when I first, I was talking to my coach Cam, um, when I first started thinking about this and it kind of got to me and I went, Oh my God, like I, I've been out there multiple times surfing, mm. um, out at like, uh, white rock and stuff like that. And, um, I do a lot of downwind paddling and I know, I know there's a lot of little, yeah. <laughs> a little sharks out there. Um, little, little reefies. But, oh, look. Yeah, little reefy. So I'm I'm not I'm not too concerned now. I've got as I said, there's a there's a mm. good crew there. I'm gonna have a little boat there as well, which will hopefully scare them off. Oh, good. Um, but I'm not opposed to taking them on if they do come. <laughs> <laughs> it's all for a good cause. Got you for life. Um, and, and anyway, Lockie, I I've heard from a reliable source. Uh, he's no longer with us. With us, they don't like the taste of of males of. Now, anyway, yeah, uh, that's yeah. right. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. Hey, Gus. Um, so you've you've got a lot of people involved in this charity, and it's growing all the time. And I bumped into your mob or one of the one of the groups down there. It was the middle of winter. It was freezing cold, and there were about a hundred <laughs> hundred people there doing laps in my local pool. I say my local pool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, that, and that's where I sort of got involved with this. But you've got loads of different groups doing all sorts of fundraisers across the year. 
Yeah, the, the, the community events, unfortunately, through COVID had to be shut down. But today mm. we started a four for 48, which is every 48 hours from midday today to, to midday on Sunday, every four hours, people are working out. And I started that uh, and we've got people in all states. Um, Lockie, obviously, tomorrow and next weekend, we've got a 24-hour row. We've got over 40 surf clubs around Australia rowing for 24 hours and half mm. an hour shifts and stuff. So we're starting to get back to normal. We're starting to get back to community, starting to get back to being together and then celebrating it afterwards and stuff and that's just going to be awesome for us so mm. um, even though Lockie will struggle at times he's got a great bunch of mates and support crew and then a whole heap of us with a couple of beers in hand waiting waiting to give him a big bear hug when he gets to Manly at one o'clock and uh, it's exciting you know and to have people that recognize the work you're doing and understand the work we're doing and really get behind you it's really it fills my heart mm. Chris it really does you know to know that people are working so hard to do things to not only, like I say, to do awareness, but raise money to get the action behind the awareness. That's what that's mm-hmm. what that's what it's going to get us to zero suicides eventually. We just need to be patient. We need to change what we've learned, and we just need to man up and speak up now, not man up and shut up. Uh, yeah, it's brilliant. Both of what you're doing is brilliant. And, and for, for our listeners out there, and you know, you just go to Gotcha for Life, you, you might want to donate, and you can do that, or you might just want to get down to the beach and support Lockie tomorrow. He's starting out at 6 a.m., I think. Is that right, Lockie, up there at Palm Beach? Yeah, um, yeah, in the water. I want to be in the water at 6 a.m. Okay, in the water at 6, right, Defo. So you'll need a, you'll need a couple of coffees. I mean, what's the, what's the, <laughs> what's the meal tonight? Um, a mate of mine told me that he said have some pasta, maybe some seafood marinara because it might make you swim <laughs> swim quicker. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I go plain and simple pesto pasta. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. Now, um, it. you said conditions should be fine. I mean, the last thing you would be hoping for would be a, a big southerly picks up and and be flying in your face. But I think it's uh, nor nor'easter, isn't it? Yeah, that's correct. Last week it was showing a southerly and um, now it's showing a really light, light northerly and it's heading into a nor'easter, mm. which is perfect. All right. Well, how can um, how can our listeners get involved otherwise too? You've got a, you've got a page on Instagram, but also there's the Gotcha for Life website. Yeah. So it, for me, for me, uh, like yeah, fundraising doesn't have to necessarily go to me. Um, you can go to Gotcha Gotcha for Life uh, website, or you can go to a link in my. Um, Instagram bio, which is Lockie underscore Bruce. But for me, to be honest, it's it's really just talking. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's really just kind of getting out there, being a little bit vulnerable, and having mm. that. It, it is hard have that have that discussion with your best friend or your mom, your dad, and I can I can literally guarantee you because I've I've gone through it. They will they will understand, and yeah. it's not scary. It feels scary, but it's actually really humbling and overwhelming to, to hear what they have said and the stories that they have gone through. And I think, I think we, we play this, this big image in our head that it's really, really taboo, but it's not. Mm. Um, so for me, go to Gotcha for Life, go to the link in, in my bio, or, you know, just, just talk to someone, yeah. just talk, grab a coffee with whoever it is, grab a coffee with the people who you think are actually okay because mm. they're usually the ones that aren't. Well, mate, it's a wonderful thing you're doing. Um, I wouldn't mind chatting to you on Sunday if you don't mind. We've got a show on Sunday from midday. I just want to make sure you're all in one piece and you got through it. I mean, yeah. as you said to Gussie there, you've done 15K. You've just got to throw another 10K on top of it. That's it.
That's it. Okay. All right, mate. Well, uh, I, I look forward. I, I hope everything goes swimmingly for you, mate. I really do, and it goes according <laughs> to plan. And and thanks again. Thanks again for what you're doing. Um, and, and Gussie Wall, and thanks for what you're doing as, as well, mate. I, I really appreciate it. I know, you know, we all do. Oh, mate, I appreciate the support. And Lockie, sleep tight, big fella. Big hug to you, and I'll see you in Manly, brother. I'll see you then. Thanks, guys. Great stuff. Great stuff. And uh, I'll be there too. I'm going to come down and, and see Lockie uh, come in. Thanks there to, to Gussie Wall and, and, uh, and to Lockie Bruce. Um, an amazing thing what this young man is doing tomorrow. So, again, if you can help out, uh, if you want to learn more about it or even just spark the conversation, um, go to Gotcha for Life. This is Higher Ground. Well, the Australian cricket team uh, kicks off its T20 World Cup campaign against South South Africa tomorrow night at 9pm and uh, in the chair for uh, SEN. Alongside uh, Sam Hargraves is former Victorian captain and wicketkeeper Darren Berry, who now joins us on the line. How are you, Chuck? Very good, Chris. Looking forward to the start of the campaign. Let's be honest, the Aussies probably haven't been great in this format. If we've got a weakness to format, but... We've got a pretty good outfit ready to go, and I'm really looking forward to a must-win game, I'm saying, first up. They want to start well tomorrow night against South Africa. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah, it is more than fair to say that the warm-up has been a bit hot and cold. What um, a four-run win, I think, was it over the Kiwis and then got thumped uh, just a couple of days ago um, by India. Do we take too much Mm. out of those two warm-up games? Well, look, I'm, I am a little bit concerned about Davy Warner's form, and not just in those two games where he failed. We know he's got the runs on the board, and we know he's a world-class player. But mm. is, the, is the petrol still, uh, you know, pumping through the pistons, or mm. are we running on empty? Because his two games leading in uh, were a duck and two, and in the trial matches he's got a duck and one. So his last four innings, uh, Davy scored three runs. Let's hope he comes out and blasts us away tomorrow night, but. That is a concern for us, Chris. Our batting is probably... I don't think we've got a stable batting lineup. There's still conjecture about how the team will roll out. I think the bowling lineup's pretty settled. You can, you can bank that they're going to have Zampa and Agar as two spinners. I think you can put Mitchell Stark and Pat Cummins locked away. The last bowling spot is up for grabs between Josh Hazelwood, Kane Richardson, or whether they're brave and go with another spinner. Mitch Swepson, which I'd love to see them do. I'd love to see them play three spinners. I don't think they'll be that brave. Mm. Uh, Chris, if you have a look at the record of T20 cricket Mm. in any country, have a look at the World Cup, have a look at the top 10 bowlers in T20 cricket, Uh, not being a smarty pants here, Mm. eight of the 10 are spin bowlers. Mm. Spin will play a huge role in this World Cup. So one, we have to be able to bowl it well. But equally, on the other side of it, Chris, we've got to be able to play it well with the bat. Wow. What's he, you're saying you're going with three spinners. Schweppes, include, include him. And who would your two quicks be then? Stark, Stark and, and Cummins. Yeah. And then, and then uh, again, you've got to have five frontline bowlers in T20. I hope we don't fall for the old trap of having four playing an extra batsman and using like Mitch Marsh or um, Glenn Maxwell as a, a frontline bowler. They are... Uh, break glass in case of emergency six bowler. (laughs) You've got to have five, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You need, in T20 cricket, you only need six. It's only only 120 balls. Yeah. So you only need six batsmen. You need five quality bowlers. Now, I think the Aussies will go with three pace men and two spinners. I'd love to see a little bit more bravery and go with two pace men and three spinners 
You got Agar's left arm. You got Zampa skidding the ball on straight at the stumps, and Swepson and the more traditional loopy leg spinner. That's what I would do, but I don't think it's what the Aussies will do. Mm. Just back on um, Chuck. Just back on Davy Warner, and I've heard you know other people that know more about the game than me. They're sort of saying, "Well, you know, he's a, he's a big game player. He'll be right. Yep. He'll, he'll be right on the night." But my God, you couldn't you couldn't have a worse possible preparation than what he's had. That's correct, and you can't hide behind that now. When they ask the current players, oh, what, what are they going to say? They're not going to come out and say, oh, no, Davey's hitting them really bad. We don't think he should be in the team. Of course, the people on the inner sanctum are going to say he must play. Now, he does have a lot of credits in the bank, and I love Davey Warner in full swing. I'm concerned that he's out of form, and you can't afford to go in the first two games and he makes five and seven, yeah. and we're on the back foot. When you've got Marcus Stoinis and Matthew Wade, who are, they open the batting in Big Bash cricket for the Melbourne Stars and the Hobart Hurricanes. Mm -hmm. So that there is a couple of other options there. People say, oh, who else is going to do it? Mm. Aaron Finch is the number three ranked T20 batsman in the world. And he hasn't had great preparation because he's come off a knee injury, but he's the captain. He's in. Mm. Davey Warner, I think they'll start with him. And and I hope, gee, I hope he comes out and blazes uh, a quick fire 50. But I'm not sure it's the best team to pick. And I just hope, Chris, we don't fall for the trap that we've fallen so many times in Australian cricket. In T20, we play people out of position. This is a game where you have to play your role and you have to be injected into the game with a purpose. And what we've done in the past is we pick the best names and we jam them into the order. But you've got people that open the batting, batting at number five or six. I just hope they pick a specific team to win the game. And if Davey's out of out of form, um, well, Aaron has to get some runs. You can't have both your openers uh, struggling. I yep. think that, that goes without saying. Uh, did I hear the other day, I was watching, I don't know, Sky Sports or what it was, uh, or listening to a radio show, and someone was suggesting that, that you know, Steve Smith would... Might, might not make make the team. And I, I had to sort of, hang on a second. I know Red Bulls is go, but um, yep. he's been doing quite well in, in the warm-ups. He's been one of our shining lights. Well, in, in these two warm-up matches, yes. But, but again, I'll just call it as I see it. Mm. Uh, I don't think Steve Smith is in our best T20 team. That's yeah. my opinion. People yeah. will disagree. Sydney people will go, oh, what's going I'm talking about in test cricket and one-day cricket, first pick, in you go. Yep. His T20 record is moderate. It's, it's okay. It's not the worst. But what Steve Smith needs is he needs, he needs to balls to get himself in. So he's not a dynamic player like a Glenn Maxwell, mm. someone like that that can go in and score from ball one. So, but I think what he's done in these two lead-up games, he's got a 50 and a 40 from memory. Uh, he'll be like our uh, classy glue in the middle. I think he'll bat at number four or five uh, and be in the middle. He can't bat in the top three because he's too slow. Mm. You've got to be aggressive when the field's up. That's when you go Finch, Warner and whoever they go with. I think they're going to go Mitchell Marsh at three. Mm. But I, I think Wade or Stoinis should be considered in the top. Smith will bat at four or five. Glenn Maxwell probably number five. And then the number six position... I think the Aussies will play Matthew Wade there as the wicketkeeper. Again, I'm saying mistake. The reason for that, Wade opens or bats at three in his Big Bash team. There's another guy who's in the team called Josh Inglis, who's a wicketkeeper from Perth, a very good player. And he, what he does regularly comes in at number five and he finishes the innings. So I'm saying again, pick the right people 
for the right position in the team. You talk a lot of sense, don't you, Chuck? Talking, I'm talking to Darren Berry, by the way. Uh, on Justin Langer, uh, Darren, is is this make or break for him? We've seen all you know the LinkedIn posts and all the rest of it. He's been he's been under under pressure for, for a while now. Are you are you of the belief that we should have the same coach in charge of of all three formats? Uh, no, I'm not. I think uh, Justin Langer should be the test coach and the one day coach. And I think T20 is a totally different format. I'm a Justin Langer supporter, by the way. I mm. think uh, I, I'm happy with his hard, tough stance. Not all the players are. That's obvious. A lot of the players are not happy with Justin Langer's style. Well, we, we had Darren Lehman, who, who's a laid-back character, and people didn't like that style. We've now got Justin Langer, who's a hard no style. People don't like that style. Mm. I personally think the players are having too much to say. Whoever the coach is, you support them. And you play and perform your role in the team. I think Justin's come under some unnecessary fire personally, but I believe we've now got to the stage in Australian cricket because there's so much cricket played. Number one, the burnout factor on an individual coach is high Mm. and it's a high octane, high intensity job and you're away from home a lot of the time. Mm. Okay, Langer, test coach and maybe the one day team. And get a separate T20 coach, someone that knows T20 cricket inside out. Can be a, it can be a specialist from, from within Australia or you can bring in someone from overseas. But I think the T20 should be totally separate, different team, different selectors, different setup. What do some of the other leading nations do? Uh, so, some do what we do and some do it separately, absolutely. Mm. So, and the same in, even in our Big Bash competition, uh, some teams have a separate coach for their Sheffield Shield team, and then they have a separate coach for Sydney is a great example. Uh, you know, Phil Jakes coaches the Sheffield Shield side, but then Greg Shippard is the Sydney Sixers coach and very successful. Uh, now Trevor Bayless, another uh, Sydney boy, fantastic world-renowned coach, coaching the, now the Sydney Thunder. So Sydney, I think, have got the right model. Phil Jakes looked after the Shield team. That's New South Wales. That's their state team. And then the uh, not they hate the franchise word, but the separate T20 teams they're managed by different people, and I, I think that's the way to go. It's a big job to do the whole gamut, in my opinion. Yeah, they're just such different disciplines, aren't they? The the red ball stuff oh, and, and T20, they really are. Our group then, uh, Darren. So we've got England, South Africa, West Indies, Bangladesh, and uh, one more qualifier. Uh, was it Sri Lanka, the other one? I haven't. I must admit, I haven't checked the last one, whether it was Sri Lanka that got in or not. Well, Sri Lanka. In our group. Well, they're in. They've won both their matches, they haven't they? There's the, there's the late, um, the final qualifier tonight it. between uh, Ireland and Namibia. So one of those two go in as well. Um, yeah, well, I'll, do, I'll, I'll have to be up to speed for that tomorrow night. But I knew that <laughs> Bangladesh and Sri Lanka are qualified. I'm just not sure because it was Group A and Group B. And pretty much the, the winner of Group A... Uh, and whoever came second in Group B go into one comp. So I must admit, I've been at work all day, and I'm not over who has qualified. Well, I'll, I'll find out. I'll find out. Night. I'll find out here. I'll ask the mad Russian who's in the studio with me. He knows most things. He's only 23. Tell but... us who's qualified uh, out of the minor nations. Sri Lanka and Bangladesh are definitely in. Uh, yes. And I thought that Scotland, and I wasn't sure whether the last one was out of Amman or Ireland, maybe, to get through. Well, Ireland are playing, uh, they're playing tonight, aren't they? So, uh, as I say, against Namibia. So the winner of that goes through as well. All right, well, good to see we're right across it, hey? Uh, but you're, yeah, no, you're, we're the, all right, we're all 
You're the we're cricket expert. We're all over it like a cheap suit. All right, mate. Hey, Darren, thanks for your chat, mate. It's, it's you, you speak a lot of sense there, and I always do like um, like hearing you, whether whether it's on 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 radio or, or wherever. So I appreciate your time, mate, on on uh, higher ground tonight. Well, tomorrow night, Australia, South Africa, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard, and Sammy Hargraves and myself will bring you all the action. For the people that don't have the privilege of having pay TV, <laughs> yes. tune into the SEN networks across the country, and we'll do our best to give you uh, the up-to-date coverage of the Aussies. Yes, and it'll be wall-to-wall entertainment. Thanks again, Darren. We'll talk soon. Cheers, Chris. Sneaky five, well back in the field with Streets of Avalon Express Pass. Jonker up around the turn at the 250 from Lombardo. Bella Nipotina needs a run, ingratiating, threading through. Jonker in the straight at the 150. Bella Nipotina's going to have a go. It's Jonker 100 to go. Bella Nipotina three quarters of a length, a half away. Jonker hanging on. Bella Nipotina coming at him. Jonker! Jonker won the Manicato from Bella Nipotina. Well, there you go. Jonker gets the money. Uh, I think we were pronouncing it Jonker with the J. Uh, see, that's your Nordic background. You're not yeah, Nordic, are you, though? You're Russian. Oh, right, you know, Northern. Is a J a year in Russian? Uh, I don't think so. Anyway, but Jonker gets the money in the uh, $1 million Group 1 Manicato. Uh, text here just saying, Hi, boys. Just turned SE on. Loving the horse racing chat. That's Wombat. From Shell Harbour, uh, good evening to you, Wombat. And we established last night that Wombat was not a manly fan, i.e. Graham Eady, but rather that's the sort of stature of said uh, Wombat, i.e. sort of cuddly. Um, <laughs> built more for comfort than speed, I think was a polite way uh, to say it, Wombat. I'm glad you're listening. Uh, Toolman's listening too. Cheer, Jonker home for me, wah. Well, I was doing that, Tooling. I was doing that for you and I expect um, I expect a little cut because I got you home, all right? You held on you to win by a short half head or a nose, okay? And the only reason was because I was there. I was there for you, uh, tool man. Great to have you uh, listening in there. Uh, we're, we're saying no jab, no play. That's what the AFL is doing. Um, keep those texts coming in. Craig from Goulburn's been in touch. Um, and we were just pointing out, one of our callers was pointing out that Polynesian players, um, far greater percentage of NRL players, do have Polynesian heritage and, and, and they do have different religions, which for some of them, they are not able to vax or choose not to vax. Um, uh, Craig saying Polynesian players can't or won't get vaxxed. What other rubbish have they seen what COVID uh, did to Fiji? Mm. Yep. Uh, these people should uh, stop reading the anti-everything garbage on Twitter. Get vaxxed or get docked each game you miss because you can't travel into state. And good luck with that scenario. Clubs simply won't sign them. Mm. You make some good points there, Craig. Uh, Craig from Goldman. Thanks for getting in touch. All right. Um, now I think it's time we talked a bit, a bit, a bit of American football. If that's okay with you. Uh, normally, you see, if I was panelling, I'd be starting to play around about now, sort of a take me out of the ball game. But you know, we, we, <laughs> that that would be if I'd done any. You cannot be serious. You bet you I am. You bet you I am. Um, now, where are we? Week seven of the NFL kicked off uh, with Thursday night football. Thursday night football. Uh, which was played today, wasn't it? Our time. Now, to talk all things American football, uh, it's time to bring in the quarterback. Quarterback, good evening to you. Good morning, Chris. How are you, my friend? I'm good, brother. I'm good. Um, Thursday night football then. So uh, what was the latest there? Uh, We had the Denver Broncos travel down to, well, travel across the country to the Dog Pound, or what they call the Cleveland Browns. And um, both teams, three and three, going into this with the Broncos, trying to snap 
a three-game losing streak. They were three and zero to start the season. Kevin, I'll say this right, Kevin Stefanski, probably the difference here. The head coach of the Browns. He scripted a, a cracking opening drive to have the Browns up seven early for the first half, and it was led by Kaysen, by Kaysen, Case Keenum. He's a veteran Browns quarterback. He's a journeyman in this case, this case guy, and he was super solid in place of Baker Mayfield, who's again, as we know, talking about last week, put that torn labrum in his shoulder. Um, but the momentum stayed with the Browns for the first half because Teddy Bridgewater, they've had trouble with, with Teddy. You know, they, in the draft, the, the, the Broncos could have taken rookies like Mac Jones or, or Justin Fields, but they've stuck with Bridgewater and Drew Locke. But he couldn't get down. He got two first downs in the, in the first half. So, look, I think that's what killed him. Couldn't get any points in the first half. Look, they opened the second half, scoring drive, exactly what they needed. He just couldn't move the chains consistently. So, look, I think one of the other things that come out of this game, too, for the Browns, very injured. Nick Chubb being out as well as their second string running back. Nick Chubb. Rookie Nick by Chubb. name, Dearness Johnson. Killing the Broncos down on the ground, rushing for 146 yards. Browns look good, despite their list of injuries. Winning this one, 17-14. to 14. Low scoring affair, Chris, but mm. still a good game. What about um, now our early risers Monday morning? What what games can they look forward to? We'll do we'll do we'll do two for you early, then we'll go to Sunday night football, mate. So mm-hmm. an interesting game we've got this one: Titans at home against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are three and three, surprisingly, playing the Super Bowl in the last two years, and mm. the Titans are four and two. So all eyes will be on Paddy Mahomes, of course, who hasn't been his best, throwing more interceptions in six games this year mm. than he did all season last year. They're uh, still the number three offense, though, and with their D being tw- 28th in the league, you can see why they're leaking points and getting beat. So mm. the, Titans, the Titans have got this bloke called Derrick Henry. He's like an Eric Grove. Uh, he just runs straight and hard, mm. and uh, he's been averaging 130-plus yards every game, and he's making mockery of every defensive line he plays against. But What, what positions he playing? What's that? What positions he playing? running back. Guru, yeah. Running back. He's, running, right. he's a running back. And uh, he, it's a danger game for the Chiefs. They lose this and they go on to the three and four. But Ryan Tannehill, the, the quarterback for the Titans, hasn't been as good as he has been last year. And um, he's got more turnovers this game. And turnovers mm. can, can tell you whether it's an intercept or, or a fumble. So mm. I think the Chiefs will win this one, mate, 29 to 21. There you go. What about our listeners who rely, might rely on seven, mate? What have they got coming? Well, I think Benny Graham, <coughs> Brenny Graham would be calling this one, and they're the Ravens. They're five and one, and they're at home to the Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals, who were four and two. So, Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson being pretty red hot this year. We know he can run, but his passing game's getting better from the pocket. Huge game last week. But with that said, the QB for the Cincinnati Bengals, he's a second-year rookie. Joe Burrows has slightly better stats than Jackson with. His 4-2 record, he's got a 70.7 completion rate, 264 yards per game, and, and he doesn't have that much rushing yards per game, but he's thrown mm. 14 touchdowns, 7 intercepts, 107.9 passer rating. But Lamar's just a little bit behind him in that passing rating at 99.3. But the ones to watch in this game, Chris, will be the rookie wideout, Jamar Chase, who actually played college ball at... Um, 
oh, I'm trying to think of the uh, at uh, not Clemson, no Louisiana, Louisiana he played for, um, and they they are they they're, they're re, rekindled their form that they that they had back when they played college ball together. But Jamar Chase has joined Hall of Famer Randy Moss from '98 as the only players in the Super Bowl era, 25 plus receiving um, catches, 500 plus receiving yards, and five. Touchdowns in their first six career games, so mate, he's on par to win the the offensive rookie of the year this year, which Randy Moss did back in in 1998. Mm. So All right. it's going to be, I think, a game that the the Ravens will win, mate, with their more experienced roster, and I think they'll win 32 to 20. Oh, geez, you're giving scores and everything. Now the the Colts 49ers, we might have a chat about that on Sunday, I reckon. We're running a little bit short of time uh, before before right, you go before you go quarterback. Did you? I know you're across most American sports. Did you see the major league game where the bloke with the bat went into the crowd? It was just. Have you seen it, mate? Shades of 2016 when that bloke saved his son from getting him fat in the yeah. head. This one was yeah. the, the Red Sox at um, they're at uh, Wrigley Field. Was it Wrigley Field? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, Houston Astros. Uh, Raphael Devers has he, he's broke like he's. The pitches, he's broken his bat. The bat's split, right? Only, it's split. Well, the hand, he's only got the handle. So the majority of the bat mm. has flown off right into the crowd. Back row bay 13. Oh, Blokes caught it. And obviously without, you know, if oh. he was a vampire, it would have gone straight through his heart. He would have been brown bread straight away. Absolutely. But that was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Oh. You know, this is why we love American sports, mate. You can what die. A catch. Forget like <laughs> forget the cat. big bash. You, you can die. <laughs> forget the big bash, right? You get all that, and they do run some promos, do they? Don't they? Where you, ca- you get some cash if you you do a catch one of the fans. We might dig out yeah, some. Yeah, mate. Uh, look, that was I'd, dangerous. I'd with, oh. a, with the ball rather than a uh, a splintered bat coming at me hundred oh, miles an hour. Oh my lord! Post- if he doesn't catch it, he's post- dead. Post- Anyway, quarterback, uh, I might see you. Now, I saw I saw you last Saturday. I popped in the local, and there was a whole group of uh, mates of mine that were having a punt and a beer, but no one sent me the invite. Um, I might pop up to said pub around about the same time tomorrow um, and see if you guys are there, okay? I'll be there, mate. I'll be there. <laughs> you got what, what do you like in the Cox Plate? I'm going with Elegant. I'm, I'm sticking with Elegant. Yeah. Yeah. So am I, mate. I think, I think very hard to beat. Oh, Good mate. price. Might jump off. If Good try. All right, buddy. Hey, well, we'll I'll talk to you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, there mate. Is, uh, there is the quarterback um, across all American sports. I mean, that was quite scary, though, wasn't it? Yeah. That Mad Rusky. So it was at Fenway. It was, it was at Fenway was it? Park, Fenway, wasn't the Boston Red If he doesn't Sox catch stadium. it. Oh, yeah. It was magnificent. And there's people behind oh. him, people hugging him afterwards, just saying, oh, my life. Do you know, it reminds me of another great catch. We might dig it out and play it after the break. That's in the air. Who's underneath that one? This is going to be a catch. Is it? No. Oh, what a beauty. That is unbelievable. He's got underneath that one-handed. Borden's a legend. Have a look at the crowd there. You won't see a bit. We'll have to include this in the classic catches. Absolutely, uh, Greggy. It was un- unbelievable. Do you remember that? Fatty's, I was going to swear then, in catch. Um in the outfield, stuck out the right mitt, ball went in there. So Tim Horan was uh, batting. So Horan gone in the in the deep, caught Vorton. 
Uh, Bold Alfie Langer. <laughs> well, it was just incredible piece of sport of, of TV. You couldn't script it. And Tony Gregg was saying, we'll have to include that in the classic catches. Well, it, it was. It was as good as, if not better, than any classic catch we've ever, <laughs> ever, ever seen. And this uh, this redhead, Paulie Vaughton. Wow, the fat man. Stuck the mid out. And he's just, he's milked that for all it's worth, too, over the years as fat, fatty. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I it was brilliant, wasn't it? <laughs> and why we're talking about that catch, we were talking earlier um, uh, about the in the, the Major League Baseball. I don't know if mm. you saw that. If you haven't seen it, listeners, Google it. It was yesterday or a couple of days ago, it might have been. Um, Boston Red Sox playing Houston Astros. Game six is tomorrow, by the way. Mm. Uh, the Astros are up 3-2, I think, in the series, aren't they? But, yeah, the bat broke off. I, I don't know who was who was batting. Yeah, Rafael Devers was okay. the, the left-handed batter, and he swung his bat around. It and it didn't off. slip out of his hand. Nah. It just split yeah. and broke and went, went back about 50 metres up into the stand. This splintered bat travelling at speed, and one of the spectators stuck the mid out and caught the bat. Mm. Wonderful effort. If he didn't, he gets staked through the heart. High stakes. Oh. <laughs> this is high ground. Well, the Matildas uh, return home for the first time in almost two years. Can you believe it? This weekend, uh, you'll be able to hear the games on Saturday from 8 p.m. and Tuesday from 7.30 p.m. live on SEN uh, with Adam Peacock and also Leah Blaney. And uh, to talk more about the Matildas, uh, their preparations and, the, and their plans, uh, we've got football reporter from Optus Sport on the line uh, to run us through all the big storylines heading into the two games. Uh, Michelle, great to have you. Michelle Escobar, thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. No, um, our pleasure, our pleasure. Um, now, you, you obviously, you love your football and you've been following it for, for quite some time and um, I, I note the work that you, really good work that you do with Optus Sport, but to have the girls back here, I mean, it's been a long, long time between drinks, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a very long time. It's so exciting to have them back on home soil. It's been about 600 days since uh, they've, they've played back in Australia. Yeah. So, it's yeah, it's very exciting to have have the team back. Jeez, when you put it like that, 600 days, and no one's been counting, of course, but I'm sure I'm sure you have. So uh, it's a full-strength team uh, coming back with all the, I guess, the European-based stars, Sam Kerr, uh, Steph Catley, Kaya Simon, Mary Fowler, the list goes on. Are, are we expected to win these two games against such a, a, a proud soccer nation like Brazil? Well, there's, there's always the expectation that, yes, we're expected to win of course but I I do think that that's not going to be the case I think the first game because of the occasion because there's going to be a huge crowd uh, the capacity has been lifted to 75% so it could be a record crowd that's going to get the momentum going for for the Matildas and I think the first game we will see a win but when it comes to, to the second I'm not quite sure because Tony Gustafsson's still playing around with his team. He's got a few injuries. So they are friendlies after all. So, mm. yeah, we'll have to wait and see. He, um, in terms of record and wins since the new coach has been on board, fair to say it's 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 been a pretty lean record, hasn't it? Yeah, when it, especially when it comes to friendlies. He's still looking for his first win as um, as a Matildas coach when it comes to friendlies. And at the Olympics, it was a decent run, though. They did get to a third-place playoff. Mm. But there's always concerns about the defence. 
and it's quite a leaky defence, and that's where the most criticism has come when it comes to Tony Gustafsson. Mm. I'm talking to Michelle Escobar about the Matildas, and uh, they are in action tomorrow night. Uh, I was going to say Bank West Stadium. I must get out of that habit. Com- <laughs> Combank Stadium out there yeah. uh, at Parramatta. It'll be almost full out there. I guess that just shows you too, Michelle, doesn't it? The, the popularity of women's football in this country cannot be um, understated. They, they always draw a crowd, don't they? Yeah, they're such a popular team. They're one of the most loved teams in the country. And, you know, the, this occasion, they, they haven't been in Australia for so long. So you would imagine that so many fans will be excited to finally be able to, to, to go to a game and, you know, straight out of lockdown as well. It's been a difficult period, hasn't it, Michelle? I won't go into all the allegations and um, the climate surrounding Australian women's football. Um, we don't need to be specific about that. But obviously, you know, there's serious allegations that have been made. Do you, do you think all this, all this chatter has, has affected the team at all? I do think that it's going to have some sort of impact on the players. They are human after all, and they are very serious allegations, as you said. So Tony Gustafsson actually said today in his press conference that it hasn't impacted the build-up to to their performances. So you would think that on the pitch, it won't have too much of an impact. But at the, at the same time, you know, they are humans, so uh, it's going to affect them in one way or another. They put out, the team put out a joint statement last mm. week, and they're all for an investigation. So, mm. yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how that's all going to play out. But you would think that they're going to be focused simply what's going to happen on the pitch. Yeah, I'm sure they will. And it'd be, as I said earlier, it'd be good just to, to um, you know, uh, be talking about the girls for you know the, the the array of talent that they've got, you know, and shine the light on those talents rather than uh, the other stuff, which obviously though has to be addressed and and dealt with um, through the right through the right channels. They they've been training yeah, at sure. Homebush, haven't they, Michelle, and, and not at uh, at Parramatta. Is there a reason for that? I can't confirm the exact reason, but I do think it would be because of the tight protocols that they've got they've they have come to australia on the condition that they're not going to have any contact with the public uh and they're also wearing gps uh tracking devices to make sure that their proximity is is controlled and they're not they're only leaving for certain reasons and one of those is training so i can only think that it's because of the tight uh restrictions that they have to follow and Michelle, what about this Brazilian side? Do you know much about them? Are there any any players that we should be looking out for over the two games? Well, there's one name that everyone is always looking forward to seeing, and that's Marta. She mm-hmm. she's a veteran. Names in world uh, football, uh, men's and women's football. Uh, so it's always exciting to see her, and she's coming towards the end of her career as well. She's 35 years old. So, yeah, it would be great to see her out there. Marta, just the one name, huh? There's also Cristiani as well. <laughs> we do another brilliant legend. Yeah. But they are, Brazil are in a, in a moment of transition at the moment. They're older generation, you know, they're retiring and the new ones are coming through. So, mm. But it's, the excitement is always around those big names. So where would they be ranked roughly yeah, in world rankings compared to us? And, and where are we currently at the moment on the rankings? I do believe there are, um, our world ranking is 11th. We have fallen quite behind with 
a lot of the European teams that are dominating at the moment, the Brazilian teams as well in the in the last few years, are not as dominant as we saw them in the early 2000s. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of work to do for the Australian team. But when we do have you know superstars such as Sam Kerr on our side, you know we always expect her to do so well, and she's such a um, exciting player to watch as well. We do, don't we? And uh, probably throws a bit too much expectation on poor Sam. You know, we always expected yeah. to, to 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 do her magic tricks. Um, but there's, there's so much other talent in the team. So they're a bit of an ageing side. We've got a lot of young talent coming through, haven't we, that, that, um, you know, that would have really benefited for their, from their experience at the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. Um, Mary Fowler, she's she's been absolutely brilliant in her performances, and she's actually one of the main Matildas now, and mm. she gets a regular uh, um, position in the starting lineup, and she's great. Um, Cooney Cross as well. She's been brilliant in her performances. Tony Gustafson's brought on a lot of debutants this year, and he's definitely looking at the next generation. There's actually been 10 debutants in 2021. That's the most in almost 10 years. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be uh, great to see some new faces as well. That We've seen some recent debutants such as Angie Beard, Charlie Grant and Claire Wheeler. And Briley Henry, the 18-year-old Wanderers forward, she's got her first call-up. So it would be yeah, great to see her if she can get a few minutes in. You mentioned Tony Gustafsson, the, the, the coach. Um, he gave a bit of a bizarre press conference today, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did. He got the whiteboard out <laughs> and he drew this onion-like circle where it had a few layers there was mm. the the pressure on the outside success in the middle and in in the, in the, the very very middle of it yeah the core of it was the performance zone and he was saying that it's a privilege to have this pressure and I think he's right because you know when there's a lot of eyes on you the natural progression is that there's going going to be criticism and going to be pressure, but that's only because, you know, everyone cares and everyone wants the Matildas to do so well. So he's got a point there. He's definitely taking the positives out of all the all the pressure that's on them at the moment. Not a glamorous analogy, is it? An onion. An onion anyway. Um, <laughs> hey, great to talk to you, Michelle. Enjoy tomorrow night and Tuesday as well. Um, and, and thanks for, for taking time to join us here on, on Higher Ground on SEN. Thanks so much for having me and go with the Matildas. Absolutely. Our pleasure, mate. Take care and we'll talk again soon. Well, that just about does it for me. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the last three hours of Jibber. Well, it's been more than Jibber. I hope it's been entertaining. We've had a good time too. Um, if you're having a punt tomorrow, I hope you back a winner. Do gamble responsibly. You guys up there have enjoyed yourselves, no doubt. Again, thanks. Yes. Thanks to Hutchie for uh, providing the uh, the drinks vouchers. And uh, we'll try oh, Yes, I know. And we'll... Well, that'll help. We'll try and get some pizzas next week. Um, to our guests this evening, uh, thank you to all of them. Michelle Escobar talking Matildas. Darren Berry talking cricket. Uh, Lockie Bruce, good luck, mate. Uh, he's into the into the drink tomorrow of the swim. Uh, 25Ks from Palm Beach to Manly. I hope all goes well. And also uh, Gussie Wallen jumped on the line too. Um, gotcha for life. Look it up. A, a real, real good organisation. All right. Well, I'll join you again on Sunday from midday. Until then, take care. Keep smiling.